Loving Father in heaven, thank you so much for giving us the privilege of life, our unworthiness of your kindness and your goodness is always before us and it, we contrast our sins to your goodness and we see how great your love is and we understand how much we owe to our Lord. We pray that your goodness will lead every one of us to repentance. As we study your word now, as we fellowship with you, we ask for your spirit to help us and encourage us and strengthen us through the words we will hear that by your grace we shall continue to walk the narrow way or begin to walk that way if we haven't started to walk. I pray for myself that you grant me of your spirit that I may speak words that will comfort and encourage and bless your children as they listen to encourage us to continue in the way of truth that we may or that we may begin to walk in that way lord bless us i pray in jesus name amen conflict and courage december 12 a voice of gladness rejoice in the lord always and again i say rejoice philippians chapter 4 verse 4 the great Apostle Paul was firm where duty and principle were at stake, but courtesy was a marked trait of his character, and this gave him access to the highest class of society. Paul never doubted the ability of God or his willingness to give him the grace he needed to live the life of a Christian. He does not live under a cloud of doubt groping his way in the mist and darkness of uncertainty, complaining of hardships and trials. A voice of gladness, strong with hope and courage, sounds all along the line down to our time. Paul had a healthful religious experience. The love of Christ was his grand theme and the constraining power that governed him. When in the most discouraging circumstances, which would have had a depressing influence upon halfway Christians, he is firm of heart, full of courage and hope and cheer. The same hope and cheerfulness is seen when he is upon the deck of the ship, the tempest beating about him, the ship going to pieces. He gives orders to the commander of the ship and preserves the lives of all on board. Although a prisoner, he is really the master of the ship the freest and happiest man on board. When before kings and dignitaries of the earth, who held his life in their hands, he quailed not, for he had given his life to God, and it was hid in Christ. He softened by his courtesy the hearts of these men in power, men of fierce temper, wicked and corrupt, though they were in heart and life. Propriety of deportment the grace of true politeness marked all his conduct. As was his custom in speaking, the clanking chains caused him no shame or embarrassment. He looked upon them as tokens of honor and rejoiced that he could suffer for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. His reasoning was so clear and convincing that it made the profligate king tremble. Grace like an angel of mercy makes his voice heard sweet and clear, repeating the story of the cross, the matchless love of Jesus. 
Amen. The title of our devotion for today is A Voice of Gladness. And this voice being referred to here is the voice of the Apostle Paul. When Jesus was preaching the Sermon on the Mount in the book of Matthew 5 and pronouncing blessings on people, he said in verse 10 to 12, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. And then he counsels us on what attitude we are to have towards this oppression and injustice. In verse 12, Jesus now says, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. On the account written by Luke in chapter 6, verse 22 and 23, he said, Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. And then he counsels us on how we should behave towards this rejection hatred, persecution, and affliction that we receive while behaving like Jesus, while living the holy life. Jesus says, verse 23 of Luke chapter 6, Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. Amen. For Jesus to say, rejoice, you know, he gave so many blessings on those who are meek, those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, and on those who are peacemakers. And Jesus is very specific in every blessing he pronounces on the different events and characters that happen to people. But for those who are persecuted, those who are hated because of the good things they do or because they preach the truth, Jesus says to you, if you are among such people, your reward is great. For Jesus to say your reward is great, therefore it must really be great and I wonder what kind of reward Jesus has kept in store for those who are persecuted for righteousness sake and those who are hated and are separated from the company of others and are reproached and their name are cast out as evil because of Jesus, because they are living the holy life. My brothers and sisters, this is the message for us today, a voice of gladness. Jesus says, that this is the attitude you are to have, that you are to rejoice. And he gives the reason why. Relax, your reward is great in heaven. Now, my brothers and sisters, what has been our attitude towards persecution? The word of God today points us to the Apostle Paul to show us the contrast between great affliction and persecution and an attitude that shows an obedience to God's word when he says rejoice and that shows the comfort and peace that one has when they are with Christ. Paul was someone that suffered much. In fact, when he was called, when God spoke to Ananias concerning Paul, he said to him in Acts 9 verse 15 and 16, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Indeed, Paul suffered great things. Many of us have not come close, not even 1%, even half a percentage of the things that Paul suffered. But what we are really going to look at is his attitude towards this persecution and towards his suffering. 
When Paul was taken as a prisoner, which we may look into detail on that later, he was brought to a man called Felix. And when he was before Felix, his attitude there as an innocent man who had been beaten by the way, when, he, when the Jews took him, they beat him up and the Romans came and saved him before he was then taken for a trial before Felix. When he came before Felix, let us read how he spoke. In Acts 24 verse 22 it says, And when Felix heard these things, having more perfect knowledge of that way, he deferred them and said, When Lysias, the chief captain, shall come, I will know the uttermost of your matter. And he commanded the centurion to keep Paul and let him have liberty, and that he should forbid none of his acquaintance to minister or come unto him. And after certain days, when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time, when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. He hoped also that money should be should have been given him of Paul, that he might lose him. Wherefore, he sent for him the oftener and communed with him. But after two years, Portius Festus came into Felix's room, and Felix, willing to show the Jews a pleasure, left Paul bound. So, how many years was Paul in prison? Two years Paul was in prison. What was his attitude all this while? Was he grumbling? Was he feeling like he was being oppressed and because of that he was his attitude was one of a person who is always frowning complaining no secondly when festus came in the place of felix he was brought again to listen to speak to felix to festus festus invited agrippa and festus and agrippa sat together and paul was in chains how do you do you think it is a, a very pleasant thing to be a convict People who are convicts are usually ashamed. Sometimes you see them when they are carrying them, they use something to block their face, to cover their face so that nobody will take note of them. They are ashamed. They are embarrassed. But Paul was not embarrassed to be a prisoner of Jesus. And this is the attitude we are to, be, we are to have towards persecution. When Paul had spoken to Agrippa, reading Acts 26 from verse 19, he says, Whereupon, O Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision that he was talking about when God called him to be a missionary for him. And he goes on to explain how he started to preach about Jesus Christ. In verse 22, he says, Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer, and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead, and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself, much learning doth make thee mad. But Paul said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. And when he had thus spoken, the king rose up, and the governor and Bernice, and they sat with them. 
I'll stop there. You see, if only our minds could just go and imagine what it would take for a man who is in chains and who is imprisoned to defend himself like this so cheerfully, so comfortably that the person listening to him, which is the king, could say, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. It must be that Paul was indeed very comfortable under those chains. He wasn't one who was in distress and troubled. And like we read in the Devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 352, paragraph 2, it says, He does not live under a cloud. Last Paul did not live under a cloud of doubt, groping his way in the midst and of and darkness of uncertainty, complaining of hardship and trials. A voice of gladness, strong with hope and courage, sounds all along the line to our time. Paul had a healthful religious experience. The love of Christ was his grand theme and the constraining power that governed him. Amen. End of quote. So we see here that Paul bore persecution cheerfully, being self-forgetful and being more concerned about winning souls even while in his chains. He could still smile when he was imprisoned. He could still laugh. He could still be cheerful. He could still be comfortable. He was patient in tribulation, comfortable in his chains. In 2 Corinthians 7 verse 4, he wrote to them, Great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulation. How was he able to bear it? 2 Corinthians chapter 1 reading from verse 3, he says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in trouble in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us so our consolation also abounded by Christ and whether we be afflicted it is for our, for your consolation and salvation which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer or whether we be comforted it is for your consolation and salvation and our hope of you is steadfast knowing that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of our life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raised the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Ye also helping together by prayer for us, that the gift bestowed upon us by the the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world, and more abundantly, to to you word amen paul was not so self-conscious and always being concerned of his own trials and tribulations his own trials were lost and paled into insignificance in comparison to his great love for jesus and for those who christ died from what we just read now paul was saying that he was receiving comfort from god if you understand what we just read here he said they were already close to death 
but in that the Lord delivered them. And he says that these things are happening for our sakes. And he was happy to know that the Lord is comforting him so that others could use his life as an example. He was cheerful to go through persecution and affliction to show an example to others of how they should be cheerful under persecution. The way Jesus said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, the way Jesus said, rejoice in that day for your great is your reward in heaven. How was it that Paul was able to be courteous, polite, kind, and not so self-caring during his affliction. It is because he had that joy that the Lord had promised that his reward would be great in heaven. And he also looked at persecution and approached it with a different attitude. Remember, Jesus sees this um, issue of persecution as a cup we drink. It is a cup that you drink, your master's cup. And if your master's cup is given to you, then it is an honorable thing. And that's how Paul saw it. In 1 Timothy 1, reading from verse 12, he said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit, for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life. Amen. So what's Paul saying here? He's appreciative of the fact that the Lord called him to be in the ministry because when he remembers that he was a chief of sinners, he is humbled by it and he feels very grateful that the Lord spared his life, that he may use it to the glory of the Lord. And that's why he was cheerful. He who has been forgiven much will love much. Paul felt he was a great sinner who had received forgiveness from Jesus and in the spirit of an unprofitable servant and the spirit of reciprocity, he worked tirelessly for souls. Paul saw the preaching of the gospel, even though it had its, its um, afflictions that came with it, he saw it as a responsibility for himself which he couldn't go away from. In 1 Corinthians 9 verse 16 to 19, he says, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me, what is my reward then? Verily, that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse, not, I abuse not my power in the gospel. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I may gain the more. Amen. You see, love for Jesus and souls for whom Christ died was the, what filled the mind and heart of Paul. It was this love that prompted him to bear the sufferings he bore for the sake of the gospel. In first, second Corinthians 5 verse 12, he says, For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that you may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge, if one died for all, then we are all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live 
should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Amen. And that's how it should be for us. We live unto Christ. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. So how was it that Paul was able to rejoice and be glad under persecution? Reading from sketches from the life of Paul, page 148, paragraph 1, and downward we are told, Amid the constant storm of opposition, the clamor of enemies and the decession of friends, the intrepid apostle at times almost lost heart. But he looked back to Calvary and with new ardor pressed on to spread the knowledge of the crucified. He was but treading the blood-stained path which Christ had trodden before him. He sought no discharge from the warfare till he should lay off his armor at the feet of his Redeemer. Eighteen centuries have passed since the apostle rested from his labors. Yet the history of his toils and sacrifices for Christ's sake are among the most precious treasures of the church. The history was recorded by the Holy Spirit that the followers of Christ in every age might thereby be incited to greater zeal and faithfulness in the course of their master. How does this hero of faith tower above the self-indulgent, ease-loving men who are today crowding the ranks of the ministry? When subjected to ordinary difficulties and trials of life, many feel that their lot is hard. But what have they done or suffered for the cause of Christ? How does their record appear when compared with that of this great apostle? What burden of soul have they felt for the salvation of sinners? They know little of self-denial or sacrifice. They are indebted to the grace of Christ for all the excellencies of character which they possess, for every blessing which they enjoy. All that they are and all that they have is the purchase of the blood of Christ. As the servants of Christ encounter opposition and persecution, they should not permit their faith to grow dim or their courage to fail. With Christ as a helper, they can resist every foe and overcome every difficulty. The same obligation rests upon them which impels the apostle to his unwearied labors. Only those who emulate his fidelity will share with him the crown of life. End of quote. Amidst all the persecutions and opposition that Paul passed through, he could say in Philippians 4 verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. My brothers and sisters, what has been your trial and suffering as you have been following Christ? We need to properly evaluate what Jesus means to us. If we properly understand what Jesus suffered for us, we will not consider it a hard thing to suffer for him. In, uh, Peter was the one who said in 1 Peter 4 verse 1 and 2, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind, for he that had suffered in the flesh had ceased from sin, that he no longer should leave the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. You see, if our love for Jesus is full and complete, we will not fear to pass even through pain and death for his sake, and while passing through it, we will have a spirit of appreciation and contemplate our own situation in such a way that we will be rejoicing. If we have a spirit of appreciation and contemplate how Jesus was mocked, ridiculed and shamed for our sakes, we will not fear to bear shame for him. Mark 15, reading from verse 16 to 20, just gives us a little bit of an experience of what Jesus passed through for us. It says, And the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium, 
And they called together the whole band, and they clothed Jesus with purple, and plaited a crown of thorns and put it about his head, and began to salute him. Just imagine now in your own mind, the soldiers putting their hands on their head, and then they give him salutes, and then they say, attention, and then they drop their legs and they burst into laughter at him. Since they began to salute him and say, Hail, King of the Jews. And they laugh him to scorn. And they smote him on the head. That's verse 19 now. And they smote him on the head with a reed and did spit upon him. And bowing their knees, worshipped him. And when they had mocked, they took off the purple from him and put his own clothes on him and led him out to crucify him. All this Jesus bore for us without lifting a finger to shield himself from the spitting isaiah 50 verse 6 says i gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair i hid not my face from shame and spitting the soldiers dressed him and bowed in mockery and laughed him to scorn with their hands in their bellies most likely do not you bear mockery for he who bore mockery for your sake they placed a crown on thorns on him of, th- of thorns on him Will you not bear being crowned as the most foolish and idiotic person by men for his sake? Behold him as he is beaten and whipped till the flesh on his back is torn off. Is it too much to ask for us to bear some little hardship on his behalf and rejoice while bearing it? Behold him being nailed to the cross and pierced on his hands and feet. If we are called out of our comfort zones to preach to those for whom Christ died, will it be too much to ask of us? If our love for Jesus is a living love, not a dead one, we will be awake to our responsibility and not feel like it was a huge thing or a huge sacrifice for us to be spent free of charge for Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we must have the right attitude towards opposition and persecution. As we hear of what our our Lord Jesus passed through, or what Apostle Paul passed through, so much perils like we have seen in previous devotions when we were reading about the things that happened to him. As we read in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, the things that Paul said happened to him, he said in reading from verse 24, he says, from verse 23, he says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the ship, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and test, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all churches who is weak and i am not weak who is offended but i burn not if i must needs glory i will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities amen we have not suffered what paul suffered and when paul suffered these things he was cheerful for example like we read in the devotion when he was in the ship when he had appealed to caesar and they were taking him to rome they suffered shipwreck seven days nobody ate paul was in chains at the time And he was indeed the one who was in control of the sheep. He was free even though bound in chains. What was it that made Paul to be free? 
it was that freedom that comes from a conscience that is void of offense towards God. It is the innocence and the comfort that knows that the Lord was with him. That was why Paul was cheerful, polite, and courteous even though he was suffering opposition. What are you suffering today? What are you passing through? Do you see that it is not appropriate for us on that just the smallest trial to begin to complain? Do you see that it is inappropriate for us under the little persecutions we pass through to go into depression and to become gloomy and sad just because of a little thing that we are passing through? And then I must ask, even that thing you are suffering, do you not deserve it? And if you deserve it, should you not be content to know that if the Lord was to deal with you according to your sins, you even deserve worse than what you are passing through? Shouldn't you understand then that in the spirit of love for our Lord Jesus, we should never murmur, never complain, never be sad, never be gloomy, never be depressed when we are being persecuted for righteousness sake. We must have the attitude that the Lord said we should have. Rejoice in that day, for great is your reward in heaven. Knowing very well that our conscience is free and understanding that it is a privilege and the highest honor for us to suffer persecution for Christ's sake, for we are being given the cup of our master to drink. I could say more, but I just pray that the Holy Spirit is impressing on your hearts the words that I'm saying, that we do not just pass through persecution, it's not enough, but that we pass through it cheerfully, that we do not allow the opposition and sufferings that we pass through, whether it is poverty, whether it is like Paul Lee said of his own, in perils of robbers, perils by my own countrymen, whether it is the mockery and ridicule that you pass through. What are you passing through? Are your children against you? Are your, is your husband or your wife against you? Then have you lost your job on account of the faith that you have professed and believed and lived out? Do not let that make you discouraged or sad or depressed. Rather, rejoice in that day is what the Lord says. Rejoice for great is your reward in heaven. Do not allow yourself to be drenched in self-pity. Do not think so much of yourself. Think of others like Paul was doing and look for how you can use the experience you're passing through to show an example to others on how they should be cheerful under persecution and how they can live a righteous life that is in harmony with the will of God. If you are not cheerful under persecution, you give an impression to those who are watching you that your faith is not one to be envied. They do not envy you. They don't want to be in your condition. They pity you and they want to run away from that thing that has, that has caused you to suffer so much sorrow and sadness and depression. We do not represent Christ properly when we allow ourselves to be gloomy when following him. Even if we are suffering the greatest persecution. Now, how should we conduct ourselves in cheerfulness? Why? So that we can commend our faith to, to others. If truly there is a great reward for us, then why are we sad? Why are we gloomy? Why are we depressed? But if there is really a reward for us, then we should be happy. And through our joy and happiness, we may convert others into the truth because they will look at us and wonder, this person has something that I don't know about. There is something about his faith that is making him or her to be cheerful under persecution. 
reading about Paul, we in Conflict and Courage, page 350 paragraph 4, we, we read, Propriety of deportment, the grace of true politeness, marked all his conduct. When he stretched out his hand as was his custom in speaking, the clanking chains caused him no shame or embarrassment. He looked upon them as tokens of honor and rejoiced that he could suffer for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. His reasoning was so clear and convincing that it made the profligate king tremble. Grace, like an angel of mercy, makes his voice heard sweet and clear repeating the story of the cross the matchless love of Jesus amen end of quote this is how we are to conduct ourselves and do not give people the impression that our faith is lemonade that is something that will make your face to squeeze do not give people the impression that what this faith will live by is something that brings sorrow and sadness and gloominess but rather give them the right impression that it is one to be envied. It is something that they should try out because when they see the joy and happiness that we possess even amidst the external persecutions and oppositions and troubles we pass through, when your husband or your wife or your children or your friends see that you are not frowning, that you are not sad, that you are still polite, you are still courteous, you are still cheerful, in spite of the hunger, in spite, in spite of the poverty, in spite of the loss that you have incurred, whether it is loss of friends or loss of a job, in spite of all of this, when they see your cheerfulness, they would want to, be, they will be attracted to your faith, and they will want to know where are you getting it from. And through that, you can minister Christ to them. May the Lord give us grace to do all this. Let us pray. Thank you, dear Father, for these words you have spoken to us today. I pray, Father, that by your grace, you would help us to learn to transit from just bearing persecution, but to rejoice when we bear it. Is there someone out there presently who is already passing through some kind of opposition? Lord, may your spirit give them the grace to understand that it is an honor for them to pass through it. And may you give them the grace to look forward at the joy that is set before them and the reward you have reserved for them, that they may be cheerful under persecution and rejoice always in it and commend our faith to those who are looking at them. Thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.